All right. Welcome everyone back to Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. Today, I am going to try to not... I'm working on my ums. I'm going to try to not do too many ums today. I've been listening to my past episodes. There's been a lot of ums. So we're talking with Steve Myrtle. He is ed tech leader. Is that short for education? Yes, it is. Maybe I, maybe I need I'll some education. <laughs> I probably need some education. So I really uh, appreciate you being on the show. And I'm the way that I get my news is through Twitter feeds. I probably shouldn't be that way. I, I need to police my children's social media more and more nowadays, but really the only way I get my news is through Twitter. And you're in homeless services, which is a broad field, which we have not talked about yet, but I'm just curious what you thought about the, the California, uh, skid row coming in and just saying, you know, we're going to give, all the homeless people shelter all of a sudden, just like this kind of blanket thing that I saw on Twitter. I'm assuming you saw that, that your fact that you're in, in this is you know. the industry. It's very much so what's happening in all major cities, New York city. When the, you know, COVID crisis hit, they were uh-huh. like, figure out housing for everyone right now. And they just went and sent out contracts to every single servicer uh-huh. like ourselves, West Ham, uh, yep. To go and find shelters. So I actually manage several hotels. I work uh-huh. with a bunch of IT people who manage hotels. Cool. Those into shelters. So that's awesome. I, I don't know why it took so long. I mean, we're only the most, the richest country in the world with the, you know, drive down the streets of the richest country in the world. And there's tons of poverty on the side of the street, you know, for whatever reason that is and whatever we want to call it, social injustice or whatever. But, you know, that's, uh, how's it been? So, if you, so what's your? I mean, what are your just general thoughts on that in general? COVID seems to have driven a lot of things. It's definitely driven the the digit the move to the cloud. You know, who cares what IT guys have been saying for years? Or who cares what you know? Really, like, I love that meme. It's who like which drove like you know the the multiple choice quiz. Like, what drove your uh, cloud migration? It was like you know three real smart answers, and then COVID nineteen. So. What's interesting is I still have EdTech Leader as my title because yep. I recently transitioned into homeless services. So okay. I was in education up until September. Okay. I ramped up an entire school network yep. to deal with COVID and they went remote. Then I jumped into homeless services and then the same issue came up. We needed to educate these families who are living in our shelters that have no Wi-Fi set up, no infrastructure. That was never part of the plan when huh. building all of these housing shelters. So now I come in and 100% of my time is spent doing infrastructure design for new buildings, new shelters, yep. and retrofitting all of the existing buildings rapidly, getting Wi-Fi up. And one of the biggest projects I'm doing now is a public-private partnership to get free Wi-Fi to an entire city. So the city of Yonkers in Westchester, New York. So what are we doing? A some sort of mesh fixed wireless type of thing with like, uh, I mean, what are we using for devices out there? Am I even allowed to know? I mean, no, I can tell you. It's CBRS, okay. and CBRS is something that I, you know, I had to really ramp up and try to understand what's been going on with that recently. Because in 2019, it's like as far back as I can see articles about companies being involved, like Google. Yep. Verizon. Um, but folks like Motorola are going all in on CBRS. You get about eight megabit download speeds, but it covers about a mile range per antenna. Yeah, that's good. Antenna, you put on top of our buildings, which we have many, mm-hmm. cover an entire area. 
fixed wireless is a, an old passion of mine. I was in fixed wireless for years and Ubiquity came out. I remember Ubiquity kind of came on the scene and like crushed a lot of people. There was the old, like the old Motorola devices and you always run into an old, like an old, old man Marley, you know, is what we call him. You know, we run into like a guy like that that was in the military. I once did a, a 20 mile shot or like a 20 mile, like line of sight shot with this three, three foot parabolic, you know, it's, <laughs> it's great. And how'd you get into this whole mess? What, what was your first computer? Uh, ProTech, a hundred megahertz ProTech from 1995. Uh, and I just tore that thing apart with upgrades back when, we had uh, AOL free internet <laughs> access or so 56K blazing. Uh, I can see you're young. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the <laughs> OG, OG yet. I'm not in that category. <laughs> My dad still uses AOL. His still AOL address. I love it when I hear him give it out. Like, yes, he's going to give out the AOL address. This is awesome. All right. So you tore that apart. 95. If you don't mind me asking, how old yeah. are you in 95? In 95? I was graduating high school. <laughs> oh, so you're like five years old? Uh, I was in fourth grade in 95. Wow. I remember... Fifth grade, fifth grade. So, what, 12, 11? Okay, so you at least had video games that were better than Pong. You had something. I had, I had an Atari at that time. With That's awesome. I have immigrant parents who were like, why would you buy a new game system? If you buy this game system, you can get a box of games. <laughs> where did uh, where'd your parents immigrate from? Uh, Haiti. <laughs> okay. Okay, nice. And it, they're right about that. Atari was awesome. I wasn't, I, I, I wished my parents had purchased an Atari. They weren't that cool. They really weren't. I had to beg them forever when that first NES came out. Eventually, all the kids, you know, they bring in Nintendo Power. They're comparing games. They're like talking about this, Mike Tyson's Punch Out, all this stuff. And I'm like, ah, not me. I'm stuck uh, with like the antenna on the roof. The okay, so you ripped this computer apart. The you've built you've built some teams from scratch. I think I think the thing that's very valuable to people listening out there, we'll get into the meat of this show at, at some point. We're going to get into something here, but the thing that's really valuable about you, and this is a lot of people ask me this because they might even be in a high level of IT. They might be in a very good position and then the CTO gets whacked or the IT director disappears and they're no longer the database admin. They know everything. They, they could easily be the IT director, but the one thing that they don't have is how do I build a team and how do I manage people? And they might be the right person for the job because they've got the right personality. Everyone likes them. So obviously they become, they're, they're the guy that gets pushed into the position. And then they're like, well, what do I do now? Like, how do I build a team? I need three more guys. Can you answer that question? How I moved into this position or... I'm just wondering, can you answer that question? How do I build a team? Or how do you, oh, I know it's yeah. like, it's a very broad question again, but like, wait, let's say I need two more guys. Like, what do you do? I'm like, doing it as, as we speak. I'm okay. building a whole IT department. Uh, and I sort of inherited uh, a team that's also very tenured, but is not interested in, in developing people and, and 
building it. That's not the skill set. You know, they are very technical, uh-huh. database people. Uh, my passion is people. So what I usually do is I tap my network. I, I draft up, you know, job description, and I go on Slack or Twitter and reach out to my buddies all over this U.S. and say, I'm looking for a guy that can do this, this, and this, or a girl, and, you know, start from there. And I just, you know, I look for a character uh, more than anything because tech moves so quickly. I feel like everything I learned in college was obsolete by the time I was job hunting. So I feel like... You probably learned it wrong. You probably learned it wrong, too, let's be honest. (laughs) You learn at work. You learn at work. I I go for, like, personality and temperament. Because, you know, the the whole... the, The IT person of of old is gone. Like, the you're in the shadows... Uh, anti-social, the trope we we know. That's gone. yeah, shoving shoving pizzas under the server room door. That's gone. And I come from education where you couldn't lurk in the shadows. Education, you're in classrooms, you're in schools all the <laughs> time. So that sort of honed my skill of building teams that were friendly, customer facing, uh, and could communicate. What's temperament to you? Because people tell me I, I have a temperament. <laughs> Um, I mean, really, like, like, what, like, when you look for something, what kind of questions do you ask? What kind of questions? I came from Starbucks back in the day, years ago, in a past life, and we learned a lot of behavioral interviewing. So I know what kind of questions to ask in an interview. I also have been tricked before. I've been tricked and had someone that I thought was the absolute best candidate ever for a job, and had to fire the person in like three weeks. Oh, same. Uh, absolutely, it's not like-, it's like you get tricked sometimes. People are like professional interviewers. And then there's the person that like, you're like, ah, man, I don't know. Okay. And then you're like, oh my gosh, like the star, the best person ever. Like what's going on? So anyways, building a team, personality, temperament. What do you look for in temperament? Uh, So you see like, they call me smiley. I'm smiling all the time. You could tell me that there's a fire, which has actually happened. There's a fire (laughs) in the street in front of the building. All the fiber is like melted away. What are we going to do? Like it's the world has ended. And I'm like, I'll get on it. That's You're like, it. yes, finally a challenge. <laughs> I want someone who will be in the foxhole with me and not lose their... Okay. So, you know, smiling, uh, smiling is a good point. Smiling is like a, it's a form of charity. It really is. Okay. So you want someone in the foxhole with you. Okay. Not, and I don't waste time on very complicated interviews. We do a lot of role-playing and scenarios. Okay. But like the, the project and everything like that, I just need someone to talk to how they think in problem solving. Uh, uh, I wonder if I have that ability. Let's do it right now. Role play with me. <laughs> Ask me some question. Let's see how bad I do. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how good I do. You know, you are what you put in your mind. So even if you talk negatively about yourself and you're joking, you shouldn't do that because your mind, your, your body doesn't know the difference. This is what I heard. Yeah, I don't know exactly. if that's, true. that's true. Okay. So same thing with smiling. If you smile, you'll feel better. I tell my kids that all the time. You know, a genuine smile is better than a... All right. What did I say? No, a fake smile is better than a genuine frown. Yep. <laughs> What's a question we bring up? Yeah, fire away. Fire away. Scenarios. Uh, okay. So this is, a, this is like the prioritization exercise. Okay. Uh, CTO walks in, says, uh, network is down at one of your 30 sites. Okay. Uh, you know, it's an emergency. Yeah. What do you do about that? The next, next thing that happens is you have on the phone while the CTO walks in, you have uh, 
you know, a customer from one of your other locations who you're in the middle of a project with them, like building something out. Yeah. Trying to, you know, multitask there. Yeah. And then you have tickets coming in. Yeah. Like, delegate to, to the rest of the team while you're balancing those two. So how would you prioritize and how would you tackle that situation? Oh, it's pretty easy. I uh, call Phil Howard with the networks down. <laughs> and, uh, and the reason why I call Phil Howard is because Phil Howard's my, my master agent. He manages, all my, he manages all my network and alerts. And he bird dogs all of my ISP providers for me. So I call him and I say, my network's down. Please take care of this right now. Escalate that all the way up to the VP level inside telecom or world, whatever that is. Because I'm not going to call 1-800-GO-POUND-SAND because if I call Comcast, they're just going to tell me to kick rocks. So can you take care of that right now? I continue... I've already got another guy that is managing my help desk that I completely trust and put stuff in his hands. So he's taking care of the tickets and I continue to serve the customer because they come first. Is that, I mean, is that like, would that be okay to you? That'd be okay. That'd be an okay answer. It's just, okay. It's just the approach. So this and I'd probably, oh, and I would also, I would also coddle the CTO, CIO and give him full confidence that I'm already on top of it. And I know it because I've got alerts already that the circuits are down. Right. Yeah, already and then, you yeah, yeah. You know, and it's gotta be in there's, but the thing is, is though I'll have an RFO to you, a reason for the outage. And on top of that, we're working on our secondary and tertiary uh, backups because really that should have been seamless because we're using SD-WAN to, um, I, I got, to, I got to check in on our SD-WAN provider who's supposed to be helping us. Um, what's wrong with me? Brain. I cannot believe my oh, brain just I, stopped working. See, this is what happens. The brain just, the brain just stopped. Uh, aggregate our bandwidth. Our, our bandwidth should be aggregated. This should have never happened. It's completely unacceptable. I apologize. Okay. Next question. <laughs> That response has a couple of assumptions there too, like the the staffing. So because I'm the nonprofit space, uh, we end up getting a lot of responses where we say like, it's just you and this other person. Oh, yeah. Uh, Well, you know, if we got the budget, you know, maybe (laughs) this wouldn't happen. So, but you need me uh, and I'm not going anywhere. So, uh, you know, it'll come back up when it comes back up. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and no one else wants this job. Okay. And I'm smiling. <laughs> you have some years, you have some years. Uh, <laughs> um, that's a very realistic rendition. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, in the past, you have built an entire department in the past. So you're confident that you can do it again. What was it like in the past when you built that entire department you know, from scratch, you, you were at a, a bigger software company. Are we allowed to mention them? Yeah, you can, you can mention them. Brain pop. Okay. And you, so you basically built that from scratch after like three months. Can you just tell me how you did that? <laughs> how do you, like, how did you, did you sit down and, well, I took my Franklin Covey course back in the day and I know how to set goals and do this. Did you map things out? Yeah, did you map things out on like a whiteboard and did you have like a piece of paper? I can I can remember the first management job I got into and I was so detailed about everything. I just like I needed to have this goal set. I remember I wrote down this paper and I had all my goal set on this goal setting on this paper and I was gonna do it this way and this way. And it actually 
went like really, really well. And I should probably continue to do that in life. But when you get older, I think people go lame. People just go lame when they get older. They get lazy. They get complacent. <laughs> they do. They go well, lame. Are they more efficient? Uh, maybe. Exactly. Maybe they just they maybe they just lean back on life and they realize that you know, everybody out there is just trying to do the same thing. They're just trying to make enough money to be lazy or they're some really driven, crazy person that works until four o'clock in the morning all the time. They live, breathe and die like their work. But I, I mean, I work to live. I don't live to work. That's my philosophy. People have two different philosophies on it. And that's great if you have that job and it's like, this is just my lifeblood. That's fine. That's not me. But anyways, the, the three months you, you came in, you, you turned this company around in three months. Did you do goal setting? How did that, what did that look like when you came in? Yes. Yeah, so there was a VP there that uh, had already been there for some time, I think 14 years. Uh, so they gave me the lowdown on how things run, what the goal was for the summer. And we were launching the biggest software uh, integration ever. Okay. <laughs> I'm a glutton for punishment. So I get bored easily. Uh-huh. I probably have some attention deficit issue. I definitely so I jump into jobs like this. So like they were like, build a team in three months. I was like, great. So excited. I just hit and three months is the perfect t- is the perfect time for anyone that's like ADD or has that like uh, Tim so Ferriss, Tim now. Ferriss, for example, like he gets bored after like three to six months. That's it for him. Like that, this would be a perfect. Okay. So keep going. Yeah, yeah, just pound the pavement, right? Call people, uh, hit hit LinkedIn, go to job fairs, and and you know, get just volume. It's all volume at that point. Yep. Right? So I'm getting content, uh, uh, client. I'm getting candidates. I'm sorting through resumes. I'm getting to meet tons of people in person, so I get that like first impression uh. at these uh, job fairs. And then in terms of scoping out the pro- the requirements. I knew because this is, every job has been like a stepping stone. Like I yep. went from education to now providing software for schools. Uh-huh. So I knew the kind of person I wanted to hire for the role before even starting the job. I was like, this person needs to be like X, Y, and Z, like the team I built before. So they need to be an educator. They need to be able to communicate. They need to be able to speak to teachers and CTOs of large school districts. Uh-huh. So I narrowed down my scope based on those criteria, uh. then just rapid interviews. Like I'm talking about five minute interviews where I said like, here's a salary up front. Very, very unorthodox. Up front, I'm like, here's a salary. Here's the cap. Let me know right now if you know, you're still interested or not. Don't ever talk about money first. Hey, look, uh, this is how much money you're going to get paid if you get this job. Is that good or no? Are you going to be What? Yeah, yeah. I need to get it out of the way, and it it you know down my options. I love the reverse engineering backwards approach to everything. <laughs> Just get it done quickly. <laughs> That's it. First break all the rules was actually a very good book for me. I don't know if you oh, read yeah, that. Yes, I did. It's very good. It's very good. Um, okay, I'm up to three ums. I think I'm trying to pay attention <laughs> to this. That's fine. So uh, you ask him salary right out of the way. Then what? Five minute interview. What, yep. What's next? So after they interviewed with me, I did a interview day yep. where I gave them a ninety minute interview block. I also hate like because I've been interviewing for jobs myself, right? I yep. hate like 
three visits to a location. This is pre-pandemic, right? Yep. So going to a location, taking time off to go and do three interviews, maybe spend a day or a half a day. Yeah. a waste of time. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you what you need to know. You need mm. to hire the person, see them at work. And then if they need, let them loose, you yeah. know, with six weeks if they're not doing well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. That's my philosophy because I've done it before. I've hired professional interviewers who then six weeks later weren't with me. And they've gone on to do like great things because I've said, you know, I'll help you go do this photography thing that you love because clearly yeah. that's what you want to do. Uh, every, every lot, the job, the last real jobs that I had, every, each interview was actually the last job that I had. I walked in and the lady said, I don't know if I should be interviewing you or you should be interviewing me. Cause I had done so much, like there was so much upfront, so many people calling her ahead of time. You need to hire this guy. You need to hire this guy. So I walked in and she's like, I don't know. And I was like, Oh, this is great. How much do you want to get paid? <laughs> I was like, okay. That was the only question that kind of shot me. I was like, how high do I go? Cause too high is kind of, they might laugh at me, but I should go high. <laughs> funny. It's funny. You say that. I feel like we're, a lot of people in our community, right? The IT world, uh-huh. you're not applying for jobs. It's all word of mouth. So I have yet to apply for a job. It's all been word of mouth. Like, you know, speaking to someone, making connection, and then having that same conversation that you had and making sure I asked for the right amount. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, gonna- like you want, like, trust me, you need to yeah. hire this. Guy. You need to hire this guy. I need you to hire this guy. Or I'm not going to do business with you anymore. A lot of that's a lot of it. What it was like, I, I, it it works that way sometimes. It's you need to hire this guy because I need you guys to finally have a good employee over there. So could you hire this guy so that I can continue to do business with you? That's a powerful. That's a powerful way to get pushed into a job. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you say this with your kids. I I would love to hear like the kind of guidance you give them on like building communities, and, oh, and partnership and friendship because like. Those are the skills of life. Like all the soft skills, like they're taking over now because people realize. <laughs> it's funny that you say that. Yeah. Okay. So the, the things that pop into my head immediately when you said that with my kids is responsibility. You have the ability to choose your own response. And the second one is you are who you surround yourself with. So choose your friends wisely. I mean, I, I hate some kids. <laughs> I'll tell the parents too. <laughs> What's wrong I have a five-year-old daughter. Uh, I'll see. Five-year-olds. Trying to build a bubble around. Five-year-old right now. Five-year-old right now. Yeah, five's great. Five's a great age. There's nothing that... They're just wild. She's probably just wild right now. That's all it is. It's like a wild, wild age. Yeah, when they get to be... Yeah, eight, ten, see, twelve. If you don't, If you don't get them right before... My oldest daughter's like, I'm like the screw up kid. She's like, I'm the kid that you like tested everything on. I'm the kid that was like the, I'm like the experimental kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's kind of sad, but uh, I tell her that like, yeah, you are, you're the, you're the one, but you're the first one. Like you're the first 17 year old. So I don't know. Yeah. I've got to learn everything through you. It's bad. Wait. It's so bad. what happens? What, what's the timeline until they bake? Well, they bake? if you, once they hit puberty, if they don't have, if you haven't given them a solid base of how to judge character and value system and how to recognize 
people in the world and recognize a situation for what it is like just a bunch of Justin Bieber followers. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to describe, I don't know how else to say that. If maybe someone, maybe it rings true. Maybe it's like, maybe it's like, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. You, they need to have a certain level of character at that point so they can judge on their own. Because once they hit puberty, their eyes are going to open and they're going to start to get hit with all those hormones and all those emotions and all those things that make us a, a grown adult. And regardless of whether society calls them a teenager, I, I tell my kids all the time, I'm just a teenager. I was like, I don't care. You're a grown adult now. Okay. Like you are a grown adult. You've got hormones going through your body. You, you've got all these different things pushing you, you know, desires. You've got all these things really just kind of raging through your body at this point. If you don't have a, a real good idea at that point to on an ability to judge character and judge yourself, then it's going to be that much harder, I think, because you've got the real world pushing on you at that point. You've got real, you know, grown. I don't know if that makes sense. Does that make sense to you? It makes sense. But my fear is I don't, you have sons because me and my brother were trying to like kill ourselves until we were like well into our 20s. <laughs> so, yeah, I've got four boys and I've got four boys and four girls. So consequences. Yeah. It's interesting. The four girls are, that's, it's really hard. The the four boys, at least it's like my oldest son is, he has, he has his head on his shoulders and I think the other boys look up to him. So that's good. But yeah, they're wild. Like they'll, you know, you'll have holes in the wall or doing something crazy. I I caught my son hanging off the, the, the five-year-old. Okay. The five-year-old. This is why I say the five-year-olds are wild because I caught the five-year-old hanging off the edge of the second story, like porch. Like I saw some fingers and my older son, Noah was like, like, what are you doing? Like, you know, or like I could hear like some chatter going on outside. I'm like, what? And I come around and I see like my eight-year-old and then I see some fingers just hanging onto like the edge of like the, like, like the balcony. If he fell, it would be bad. He could break his leg, you know, like if he fell, it would be bad, but it's still like, you know, a decent fall. And I'm like, what are you doing? And I grab his like wrists and like pull him back up over the edge. I'm like, are you crazy? And because it was just one of those points where you like get off and you're hanging on the edge and you can just tell that it's just time before like the fingers like get, get weak, you know, and just like fall off. (laughs) What are you doing? Like, what if you couldn't get back up? I didn't really know what they were doing. I just know that I went into like, you know, like there's a fire back to, it's back to the fire scenario again. There's fire, it's melting the cables. Like you just, I don't know. I just grabbed them and there was probably like a moment of parental anger and impatience and no learning moment happened whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. That's okay. Real. Yeah, yeah, it's very real. Parent, you know, we screw up. It's not, it is not at all like work. It's not at all organized sometimes at work where you know you've got people are watching. I got a, you know, HR. No, let's be honest, man. <laughs> parenting sometimes when it gets good, when you do good parenting is when you do bring work to home. I've got corrective action forms. I had to put in corrective action forms at home. That was very helpful. Corrective action forms with follow up no, 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 and this, and on and by this date you will come back with these five things memorized, and you will have accomplished this. And if you do not, we're going to move on to step two of the corrective action, which is going to be community service, and we're going to go downtown. And we're going to find somewhere where you can. I mean that that worked wonders. I'm taking notes. 
Yeah, that and uh, and then I also implemented I implemented like the five ways of being in our family. I'm looking at the little cards right now. So I've got like a little knowledgeable award. So when they demonstrate knowledge or do good in school or something like this, let's see, I've got that. We've got the knowledgeable award. We've got the good manners award because manners are important. And that can just, I mean, there's anything you could put up for manners. Uh, mentorship. So that's when I want the older kids teaching. That's when I get lazy. The mentorship really is the dad wants to be lazy <laughs> <laughs> that's when you taught your younger uh, brother how to wash the dishes. Congratulations. Um, let's see. And we've got involved in the community. And then we've got, you know, anything that you've been, that you've got involved. How do you get involved in the community? How did you, you know, do something other than just, you know, I don't know maybe get in trouble. Uh, and then we've got the cleanliness award because mom seems to be running around cleaning all the time. And uh, I'm always yelling at the kids like, why is your mother doing that? Why is your mother doing that? You should be doing that. So you understand incentives. The, it's, it's totally carrot and sticking. It's carrot and sticking. <laughs> Doesn't, you know, I know there's some other psychology, there's some other child psychology where that's the wrong method because they should be doing this stuff anyways. They shouldn't be getting a reward for living in the house under the roof that you pay for. I know there's other deep psychology to it, but that takes a lot of time and reading and we're human beings. Let's be honest, you know? So back to it somehow this is this is a it i was going to say that my household runs like like a well-oiled machine we run everything in the cloud my wife and i are in the same house but have no time like we, we barely overlap she's a best-selling author we're over here balancing in-house schooling so we use the google calendar and Nice. I do. I would like to roll out a bunch of Chromebooks to all my kids and manage that and manage the security. My wife is always asking me, can we see what they're doing on the computer? Can we, she's like, she's like, can we look at their computer screen while they're on their computer? Is it, what's, how do I do that? Like, what's the best application for that? Yes. So I would get uh, something called securely. And of course there's no E. There's no E in the name. It's very techy. <laughs> so secure, Lee, yeah. the curly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You install that uh, extension on all the Chromebooks and you get to do like all monitoring. You get to filter, content filtering and everything. You even get alerts about uh, self-harm, about inappropriate content. You can block it. You can track everything. There's GPS location, all of that. When I deployed Chromebooks for 20,000 students, that's what I used. <laughs> Yo, this is great. This is like a sec. This is something that we could just put together for nothing's ever done for the consumers at home. Really, it isn't. It's all done for B2B. It's all done for B2B. This would be very valuable. We should just do another, we should do like a webinar on how to do this. And then we should sell that webinar for a thousand dollars to jump on and guarantee that your children will not do this, this, this. And we'll use fear and um, <laughs> whatever they call it, to sell that. Um, no, but seriously, so the software team, you pounded the pavement, you knew what you were looking for, and you basically were drinking from the fire hose for three months. The way I like it. Yeah? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, for other IT directors out there listening, what kind of advice do you have for them uh, building a team? For the new guy jumping into a new team, He's in a role that he's never been in before. Maybe you've got a 
a systems admin guy that's been in that role for a long time. He could do the IT director role, IT manager role, take the next step up. But he doesn't know how to get there. He's nervous. Or the guy that just jumped into that role, what piece, what advice do you have for them? Uh, I was going, I was thinking about this too. Consider yourself for the you know, first couple of months at any job uh, to be a solutions architect. Like you're taking in a bunch of information, you're gathering requirements, scope of work, and all of these things, and trying to see how the pieces connect and see where you fit in <laughs> in that piece. Like I build a mental model of my like landscape when I come in. Like the first couple of months is just talking to people and getting history and their gripes and what's going on. It's like therapy sessions. And then I start building solutions and then going back to them. I'm saying like, would you like it like this? Like you're catering to the design. If you're someone in the team, I did the same exact process, but managing up. So I would ask the manager, you know, I see these gaps. I can fill these gaps with these solutions and within the context of the work we're doing in the company, you know, this is how that fits. Like people want it easy, right? Your manager doesn't want to have to think through how you should, you know, your, your career path, even though they should, they want you to like hand it to them, have them make some edits <laughs> and then say, yeah, go. That's so true. <laughs> That's genius. So it's so true. No one wants to do anything. <laughs> I, the your manager doesn't want to sit down and actually do your review and write all this stuff down. So if you do it for him, he's really going to love you. Hmm. That's genius. So true. So true. <laughs> That's it. I talked myself into a role like that. It was like some, this is like the digital learning. So when IT and schools turn into digital learning, which was, it was a whole separate area focus on the classroom and the students and the students engaging with the technology and their performance. Like that was not it. It's ended up on IT's lap. <clears throat> and this was like a new role. And I was like, I see this gap. I'm the director of it, but I'd like to deal with like this human factor. In the like that. What's the gap? What was the gap? That there was no one, no one doing like the, the measurement of uh, computer skills for kids. No one was like assessing whether or not teachers knew how to use the tools that we were launching. Like that kind of deployment, you rolled something out, you have 2,000 teachers, and they're like, I can't get into Google Classroom. I don't know how to use this. You mm -hmm. have to like do pedagogical guidance. You have to support them. You need to have teachers who are going to champion that product and go and teach other teachers. Because like the lessons are being delivered, same content, different tool. So like that's a gap. Like there was no one whose job was to analyze that information, deliver the training. Uh, build it into the IT ecosystem. So, isn't that wild? Happen. Isn't that wild that something can just happen like that? It's wild. It's crazy. It absolutely happens. A couple of years ago, I surveyed, I guess is what you would call it, a ton of IT directors just to ask him, hey, what's your single biggest frustration, problem, or concern? And the one, only four themes came up. I spreadsheeted all their answers. I took all their answers. I spreadsheeted them all. And then I took the common themes and I put them into columns on the spreadsheet. Like this guy said, uh, showing end users how to use the 
open up their VPN, you know, something like that. Another guy said, uh, end users and showing them how to use their Avaya soft phone. And then one was end users. And so they all got bulked into the training end users. That was, that was one of the major themes. The other one was legacy technology, having to deal with a siloed legacy technology. The other theme was decision direction. And what was the third one? Oh, the third one was crappy vendor support. Like just, they, they just deal with a vendor. Like they would ask a vendor and like they can't get through to the vendor or the vendors are like technical noobs or technology ne'er-do-wells that don't know anything. Like they call into some department that just has to escalate it to here to escalate it to here. So <clears throat> I think you knocked out two birds with one stone, at least with the architectural mindset. Cause if you go in and start getting people's gripes and doing all that, that's going to help you with the decision direction piece. And it's going to help you knock out the, well, I'm the end user. At least you're going to have know like what to do with the end user, at least around the training piece. When it comes to training end users, is there any easy way to do that or to deploy that or to come up with some sort of plan of how to teach people? Absolutely. So oh, great. I thought you were going to say no. <laughs> I am a big proponent of like just in time training. I know Apple, you know, Tim Cook got the the accolades for that, but just like why are you doing data dumps? Like this is what schools have been doing for years where they just say like, okay, it's summertime, let's dump all the entire year's worth of knowledge on these teachers and hope they remember it by the time some winter hits. Like that's uh-huh. not how learning happens. Wait, so explain that. I don't even get that. Oh, I don't even get what you just yeah. said. So in the summer, yep. you would have something called uh, like a, a large like conference where they do teacher training. So teachers, when they go back to school, yep. um, spend about two weeks cramming yep. a bunch of knowledge on all the things they need to learn for the school year. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, like, that's like the, that's like the, the, the 2021 sales conference for three days. Okay. We're going to make 2021 uh, like blah, blah, blah. And here's the theme for the year. And three months into it, you're like, what was that theme again? I don't know. The theme for the year. Okay, go ahead. So you got the same thing with teachers. That definitely is not going to work. I can tell already, but go ahead. Sales teams do it too. The same thing. Yeah. Summer sales meetings. Everything. Every company has some sort of expo. They've got it. Whatever it is. Kickoff. Kickoff 2021. Blah, blah, blah. Keep going. So both with teachers and sales teams, what I do is I build some kind of dashboard, some kind of in-house repository Uh for information. It could be Azure. It could be SharePoint. It could be Google. Doc. Whatever you want. Just somewhere that they know when they have a question, they go there. And then as things come up, you are sharing screen recordings and maybe one pagers on all these topics and you're doing it in real time. So if you Any kind of like that, Slack group, what about like a Slack group or Slack something? groups, depending on the company's <clears throat> culture. So right now I don't use Slack, but my company, like the software company, we were heavy on Slack. What do you guys yeah. use now? Uh, right now we, we're mostly Gchat. Okay. So they just adopted Google. So Gchat and we're easing our way in. <laughs> But, uh, that could take me off. That could take me off topic. I'm going to stay on top. <laughs> stay on topic here. Anyway, so dashboard. Go ahead. Dashboard. We're, dashboard, we're training yeah. people. Yeah. So, you know, you know that some topic is going to come up. Like, uh, maybe folks need to learn how to sell product A. We have a product package release coming out 
in December and this October. But specifically for teachers. How is this working for teachers? Oh, for teachers? Yeah, so, I want to know how we solved the, the August dump. Okay, so for teachers, the August dump is they have pedagogical training. So they learn how to teach. And then they have systems training, which usually takes five minutes, right? So like tech, tech never gets... And we've got this really cool thing. We, everyone's getting Chromebooks. All right, next subject. Everyone's getting Chromebooks. Okay, Chromebooks are out. Hey, you know, here's the new Wi-Fi network set up. Here are your smart boards. Have at it. No training. Oh my gosh. So the follow-up to that... Nightmare. ...is an email to everyone that says like, go to this dashboard. The dashboard is broken up in sections. And there's a smart board section. There's a Chromebook section. There's a laptop, a Wi-Fi yep. section. Uh-huh. And then there's videos or resources, like mini lessons, because no one wants, like grownups don't have, they have short attention spans as well. So every video is like two minutes. So you have to tell them up front, two minute video on how to do this one specific thing in Google Classroom. Uh-huh. It's not like a Google Classroom tutorial. It's how do I add kids? That needs to be a one minute video. How do I remove kids? That needs to be a one-minute video. You need to break it up into bite-sized content. They have to do all that. They have to do all that. It's crazy. Because people are going to click it. You'll see how many hits and views you get on the content when you post <laughs> the videos. Like a, there's like a season. So like beginning This one went viral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No one knows anything. They're like, oh, crap. I have to figure out how to grade kids. Oh, here's a uh, little video about grading. Uh, just in time. <laughs> it just happens to be there. And you're wow. building that library of content all the time. It needs to be mm. ongoing. So now I'm doing that right now, trying to build that out for HR, for finance, for operations. Every system that we roll out needs that. That's, do you think most IT professionals think of that as part of their job description? No. I don't think I'm most IT professionals. I'm a people person. Yeah. I'm more like a, <laughs> a therapist that <clears throat> became, who fell into IT. <laughs> So you're building a dashboard with, how are you making the videos? Screen, screen recordings, quick and dirty. How long does it take you to build up this whole dashboard for all these different departments? I've, I've turned it into Google Drive, so no yeah. time. I do team drives. Hey, everyone, your content's in team drives. Go there. Type in yeah. Google Classroom. Find it. Type in the name of the system. There's a folder for that. Mm. Watch the videos. Make sure the video titles are accurate so that people right. know what they're getting. Because even the content coming from the uh, vendors is yeah. too much, right? Like a vendor will have a 60-minute video that's broken up into like timestamps. Yep. No one's going to watch that. I don't want to watch No, that. they're going to have like a bunch of like marketing hype and other kinds of stuff too. Like, congratulations on having this new thing in your school. Did you know that we are part of the Gartner Magic Quadrant and blah, blah, blah? No, don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the uh, biggest yeah you know like and uh yeah i mean um well i want to hear some gripes we, we I, I have a part of the show that's called a stupid thing and uh, just yeah what's like the stupid what's a stupid we need a stupid thing in it like what's one of the I'm just trying to think of a, just what's a stupid thing that you've run into lately? It doesn't matter. It could be anything. It could be from a vendor. It could be a, I don't know why we did this. It's just a stupid thing. <laughs> I came up, that's every day. I came up with a stupid thing yesterday. So we <laughs> systems and forms for approvals uh-huh. so that when you need something done, you fill out a form, 
and you fill out the information and you it goes to the next person. Like there's a whole automated script that runs the approval process and it moves up the chain of command. There's one section that says, enter your email address. And people are putting in their personal email addresses, not their work email. It's not something I thought of, but this is why you have to like build things quickly, break them quickly and iterate. <laughs> so once I saw people were putting like Yahoo and Hotmail accounts in there. AOL. <laughs> AOL accounts. It breaks the whole system. The script can't account for that. The script is looking for work emails. <laughs> You're like, so you had to add in some text. <laughs> Guys, we gotta do this again. <laughs> those, those uh, and then you know the other things that happen, right? If IT is too knowledgeable about something or is driving a project forward, even if it has to do with some other department, you became you become the owner. So I oh, always wow. try to designate a, a champion on each team, and I'm like, I am very explicit about saying I'm not owning this. I'm going to support you. I believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> all, of a <laughs> all of a sudden they're not smiling <laughs> like I see you smiling I see that's why you're smiling all the time you're just king delegator see that's another thing about parenting that's the, that's the number one parenting skill I'm still trying to teach my wife that like stop when she leaves and she's gone for like three days it's like let's break all the rules Get out. We're going to get ice cream. We're doing this. You're not brushing your teeth. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Actually, very, not that I didn't think it wouldn't be, but this has been very beneficial. And I believe it will be very beneficial to other people out there listening. Is there... Anything else? Is there is there one final one final message you have to, to deliver to the, the people out there? What is it? Uh, I'm going to stay with my <laughs> the moniker: break things, make them better, show people how you did it, rinse and repeat. <laughs> nice, I like that. My my saying is: break things because you need to, so they'll still think that they need an IT guy to keep the lights on. Oh yeah. Break break things because if everything's working, they don't need you anymore. (laughs) Oh man, thank you so much. Thank you.